0: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Pop That Mama, a passionate first-time mum sharing my tips and tools for a positive pregnancy, childbirth, and journey into motherhood. In this episode, I'm joined by my lovely friend, Dana, who is due to give birth next month during the pandemic. We're gonna be discussing how COVID is impacting birth plans And I'm also going to be sharing some pain management techniques that can be used when you're laboring at home. Enjoy listening. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. I hope you're all doing well. I am so excited about this episode because we've been trying to get this in the diary for ages now. And I'm joined by my lovely friend Dana, who is tuning in from sunny South Africa And she is about to give birth next month, which is very exciting and, of course, nerve-wracking. And Dana sent me a voice note a few days ago, I think, or last week, basically giving me an update on how she's feeling about the birth. But she also wanted to know a bit about what I had learned in my hypnobirthing course. So instead of sending her a really long voice note back, I thought, why not get her on the podcast? I'm sure there are plenty of other women who would benefit from hearing this conversation. And I've also prepared some pain management techniques to share with Dana on this podcast. So very exciting. Danes, over to you to say hello and maybe just give us a bit of an update with where you're at with your preparations for birth.
1: Hi Poppy and hello listeners. It's so exciting to be speaking on a podcast. I've definitely never done this before. Um, (laughs) Very exciting and very exciting times indeed. I am two weeks away from my due date which is the 4th of February. Um, My first child and um, yeah I'm coming to you live from my Uh, nursery actually which is the room in my house that makes me feel the most prepared for the little one's arrival um yeah so it's been quite a a ride um the last nine months especially with um COVID which has thrown a few spanners in the mix of the planning around you know our, our birth and our labor and just bringing a child into the world Um, Mm. but uh, we find that it's kind of always changing at the moment. South Africa is going through quite an intense second wave and that has definitely brought on extra anxieties about just actually giving birth um, in the hospitals and Mm. how safe that really is. But nonetheless, he's coming and um, yeah, we are very, very excited and a little bit overwhelmed and um, very keen to see and just most importantly if we're going to have a beautiful healthy child and yeah just uh, we kind of feel like we're winging it a bit
0: yeah I think everyone feels that way right we all kind of just wing it exactly but so how is COVID uh, kind of changing your birth plan or plans any plans that you have what's the effect that COVID is having
1: right so my birth plan was always to have a vaginal delivery that was the main objective i really wanted to give a vaginal delivery a try i would really prefer to do that than have a caesar Mm. um and you know but in terms of pain management i'm not out there to be any kind of superhero. I really wanted to have an epidural and that was my, my birth plan. So vaginal delivery with an epidural, mm. um, though that was my birth plan and I was going to labor at home as much as possible, mm. um, eliminate spending too much unnecessary time in the hospital, but also to be in my quiet space with my husband at home mm. and um, really feel the laboring process and, you know, try and minimize, um, you know, medical intervention as much as possible. So Mm -hmm. just get to the hospital in time to have an epidural. And that was my birth plan. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: now with COVID, how that has affected it is number one, um, there is no gas um, allowed anymore because of, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it would be sharing gas machines with mm. a virus which is spread you know through the air and you know obviously so we've got that and then now I went for my I go for a scan once every week being 38 weeks and my
0: gynecologist
1: has said that now they're also not uh more than likely won't be offering
0: epidurals as well oh my gosh wow <laughs> yeah
1: so that leaves me with um in, just in that. terms of God. management at the hospital mm-hmm. i now have a choice of just pethidine um mm-hmm. which was not a part of my birth plan or caesar or fully natural which i i never sort of thought that i was going to be strong enough Mm. Um, to be able to get through, because I, I would like a little bit of pain relief help, you know, and I'm I don't have any issue with that. And now I I'm not too sure which way this this birth is gonna go.
0: Dana, I didn't know that because I know you said there was no gas, and I was already like, oh my gosh! I was even talking to Tom about it on the weekend. So shocked that that is actually happening that you're not yeah. able to have the pain relief, and now you've told me about the epidural oh
1: my god it's really thrown a spanner in the in the works I'm not gonna lie it's made it makes you feel and because these these regulations and restrictions almost weekly that's because we're going through such a strong second wave Mm it makes you feel so uncertain and you have no connection with your obstetrician or your gynecologist because you're wearing masks at each Um, you know appointment that you go to you don't feel that there's any you know there's no one cares about your birth plan at the moment Mm -hmm. and understandably doctors and nurses are they're exhausted Mm -hmm. they're exhausted they didn't have a holiday they're understaffed they've been dealing with a pandemic and perhaps your birth plan isn't the top of their priority and I understand that but it doesn't make you feel you know I I I really I guess my biggest fear would be that I'm going to end up having a cesarean because I will end up being pushed into that being Mm -hmm. the easiest Mm -hmm. option with being a pandemic at the moment gosh I really
0: wow have you considered a home birth at all? Have you looked into that?
1: I yeah, I have thought about it. I just feel like I want I want to have a baby in the hospital.
0: Mm, just that added sense of security, I suppose. I
1: think that I think mm. that's, you know, I perhaps if I'd had if I'd had given birth to one baby and I you know, and I had a little bit more of just a little bit I knew what to expect a little bit more maybe I would consider but not knowing what to expect is can be the worst trigger for fear and that's what you want to know um as you as you get to the point of, you know, having your baby is you just wish that you knew what your labor was going to be like, mm. how long it was going to take, if the baby was going to be fine, you know, the heart rate was going to be fine if it was an easy birth. Mm. And then you would feel a little bit more, you know, at, at peace, but you, you can't know these things, at least not until you've at least had one birth. So I feel like I would maybe consider with a second child, I don't know why, but that in my brain, Hmm. I would maybe consider a home birth with my second child, just having been through the experience once before. But everything feels so uncertain now. You're just trying to make the best decision, the the healthiest decision and the safest decision.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, your situation sounds much worse, but obviously I was pregnant and due to give birth during the pandemic. And I remember constantly looking at the NHS uh, website to see what, Was changing and I promise you daily the guidance was changing and then suddenly it was like well your birth partner may not be able to join you and obviously that is super frightening but I actually got my head around Tom not being there I I got my head around it and I and so I completely like sympathize with you because I almost looked into free birthing which is basically giving birth at home with no one because all of the home births had stopped so that was going to be my second option and then I, I was also scared to go into hospital to catch the the virus that's also another another fear you know yeah yeah so, no that's honestly so upsetting I can't I can't believe that about the epidural as well as getting I, I know
1: so it's like for a superwoman, I mean, you you really, I mean, you had a little bit of gas, um, but you labored at home, basically mm. throughout the night. And um, I mean, it's amazing. I I, I think that women like you that managed to, you know, just in, you know, really engage in the preparations of hypnobirthing, mm. and you use every single tactic, and you just you push through. Those, you know, those labor pains at home. I mean, it's amazing. It's a, it's the most natural thing that a woman can do, but it's scary for a lot of other women. It's really scary to not, to not have the availability of um, medical, you know, pain relief. So for me to know that that is not an option mm-hmm. at the moment, or more than likely, like a ninety percent chance, not going to be an option on the day that I give birth. It's you, I, I guess it's just, it's just a comfort, a comfort thing to know in the back of your mind, you know, mm. if you have a really long labor, that it's an availability. So to know that now it's not an availability has made my my birth plan, it's, it, it's making me question. God. It's making me question, yeah.
0: Well, you're absolutely right. And with me, I always had in my mind, okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. And as soon as I can't cope anymore, I'm going to take something, I'm going to have gas and air when I get into the hospital, I'm going to have the option to have an epidural. So even just that knowing that there's something else that can relieve me of this pain was almost empowering me to go one step further with managing it. Whereas I think if you're, if that's taken away from you before you've even like started, I think that's so scary
1: yeah, so you understand exactly what I'm talking about then. It's that feeling to know that there's no way out of the of the pain, even if you want it there to be, you know? Gosh.
0: Oh, my God. I'm, I mean, there's lots of other women in the same boat, I imagine, in South Africa, if that's the rules. Is that the rules across the whole of South Africa or...?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So that is the oh. current regulations. Um, we have, we don't have the best healthcare system here being a third world country. So I am referring to private healthcare, which mm. is where I will be having my child. So it's the private health facilities, but I mean, this, so this is the, the best you can get in terms of healthcare in our country and oh. in the private health sector, this, these are the current regulations is that there's not enough Midwives, due to COVID, and I, I don't know how due to COVID, but I'm mm. assuming is a valid reason. Due to COVID, there's not enough midwives. That if the um, labor ward is at what its normal capacity would be mm. on a daily basis, there's not enough midwives to monitor you in an epidural every thirty minutes um, because they need to check on the heart rate of both you and the baby. So there isn't enough. There's basically a lack of staff due mm. to COVID, which is now um, it's now implemented no no roles, Yeah,
0: goodness, goodness. Well, I guess maybe the st- members of staff are actually sick themselves. That could be a.
1: I think so. Yeah. Or or there's a rotational basis where there's just not enough of the midwives in at one at one time.
0: Wow, I'm quite shocked by all of this. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and in terms of your preparation, so I know you mentioned you did the antenatal class. Have you done anything else? Like, do you feel kind of equipped with pain management methods to use at home? Like, what's in your toolbox at the moment?
1: Well, you know, I I love my antenatal class. I really think that it was more of a preparation for the very practical things like, mm. um, you know, They actually take you through the hospital, where you go to, where you park your (laughs) car, you know, um, what to expect. This is the bed. bed. This This is the the bed. Believe it or not, and you do have, um, you know, a, a drip that goes into your arm, and. The, this is a you know this is where the the bath is inside the hospital where you can go in and use the bath all of that really practical stuff mm. and then also um you know we did watch videos um and we learn exactly what goes into having a cesarean and having a natural birth so we just go through all the options mm. we did have a breathing a hypnobirthing breathing um exercise um and then there were a lot of referrals to. Um, sort of hypnobirthing YouTube videos and music and things like that but it was not extensive in um, natural pain management it was more a really practical hands-on lesson in how to give birth what the hospitals are like what will be expected of you and then what you get taught in the hospitals Um, and yeah and then just how to sort of look after a baby in terms Mm. of washing it, feeding it, breastfeeding, just tools so that you know your options, Um, you know, breastfeeding versus formula, et cetera, and exactly what goes into the different kinds of formula. So very practical, but in Mm -hmm. terms of pain management for natural birth, we don't really have that kind of thing available to us in the private hospitals. That would be a private hypnobirthing class or something that you would have to go to.
0: Right, right. And you haven't managed to do any specific hypnobirthing or
1: no, I haven't done any hypnobirthing um workshops or lectures or anything even via Zoom. No. Right.
0: Any plans to, or do you think it's now? Well, I'm hoping you can give me a few tips. Well, of course I can. Yeah, of <laughs> course I can, Danes. So so obviously, as you know, I did do hypnobirthing. Um I, I'm also studying hypnobirthing I'm doing a diploma which is very exciting but where things really changed for me and this is my kind of personal perspective is hypnobirthing really helped me to understand like the physiology of birth you know the messages such as trust your body you are built for this you're made for this all of those really empowering things I learned on hypnobirthing you know the fact that we are the only mammals that question our ability to give birth things like that really clicked for me yeah. quite shocking mm-hmm. really and we don't question how we digest food it just happens so things like that I, I learned from hypnobirthing and it was really empowering and I really got it but mm-hmm. I said this on my last uh, podcast I did with Emily where she shares her birth story in fact it's a really positive birth story give it a, les- a listen when you have time Danes but basically where I think I really kind of came into my own was when I read a book called Birth Skills by Juju Sondin. So uh, the things I learned in the book, which I didn't learn from hypnobirthing was number one, distract your mind away from the pain so you could m- move your body basically and find a rhythmic movement that feels right for you. So I was stomping my feet in the shower, using the water, watching the water splash against my toes. I was also, sounds ridiculous. And when I first read this, I was like, really? That just sounds like I'm going to use all of my energy doing those stomping and marching and weird movements. Surely I want to relax. But actually... During labor, it just makes sense to move. And when I was really tired, I just like slapped my hands against the wall. And again, that sounds ridiculous. Oh, slap your hands against the wall! It's like really, this just sounds silly. But in the moment, just focusing on like the tingling sensation on my palms rather than the contraction. So just keep moving. Obviously, there's points at which you get tired. Then you can use a birth ball to sit on. Have you got a birth ball, Dana?
1: Yes, I do. I've got a birth ball.
0: Okay, amazing. So sitting on that bouncing up and down. And then like, I leaned over it with my head over the other side and moved from side to side. Because for me, I couldn't sit down or lie down, I felt like the pain intensified, and see how you get on. But I know that upright positions are really good um, for labor, because obviously, the baby then is able to kind of slowly make its way uh, down into the cervix. And Um, what other things did I learn? So rhythmic movement, whatever feels good for you, stomping, marching, um, on the birth ball. And another thing I learned was just how important it is to focus only on each contraction that you're in. So it's so tempting to think, okay, what's the time? You know, you've got your partner, hopefully timing each contraction, and then you can get fixated on like how far you are. And then that can be really, upsetting when you realize actually you're not that far or you get into hospital and they tell you you're you're only two centimeters whereas actually I just focused my mind purely on each contraction and the way contractions work is they they build and then they hit a peak and once you're at your peak and usually that peak is when you can't like you feel like oh my god I can't do this they start to like go down. So it's almost as though just waiting for that peak and then you can't cope and then they go. And then you have your break to look forward to. So it's almost like, I like to think of it as like sports in a way, your muscles are clenching, your uterus is contracting and then relaxing and then contracting and relaxing. And in between, you've got the breaks to look forward to. And then you've got that peak. And as soon as you can't cope, it's going to come down and just keep trusting in that process.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. I really it it helps a lot to hear about exactly how how women <laughs> dealt with with each contraction. I also love this was one of my this is one the one of the best tips that I've heard, which I've really I've just been holding on to in these last couple of days is that almost like the the worse it gets, um, is meaning like the closer together and the most intense, and, and, and the building of the intensity, mm. the worse it gets in terms of pain mm. is the closer you get to, to having your baby. And then once it's done, it's Love done. That. And that's that. been, a that's been something that I've just been holding onto. It's like, don't, don't, don't uh, sort of hates or don't hold on or, or, or dread the fact that it's going to get so bad because the sooner it gets sort of like the worst is yes. the sooner you're going to have your baby. So it's got to, it's got to, it's, it's, no one's going to have a pain-free labor and, mm-hmm. the, and the more intense it gets, you just need to remember that's just, that's just taking you closer, closer to the end. You gotta, it's got to be really bad before before that release, and then just having the baby in your arms happens. But it's got it's got to get bad, and just yeah. get your head around that it's gonna be bad. But the sooner it's bad, the sooner it's done. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I love that, and also the pain is bringing your baby into this world. So each contraction is bringing your baby closer. That's beautiful. I love that. Another thing I learned, and this was actually on the hypnobirthing course was, I don't know if you've heard of the fear, tension, pain cycle. No, I haven't. So if you even just put it in Google diagrams will probably explain this much better than I will, but I'll try and give it a go to explain it. But basically when we are feeling fearful and this can be a perceived threat or real threat, it triggers the fight or flight response. And that is basically a kind of survival instinct. So it's an automatic primitive response in our brains that used to be useful to us when we used to fight all of the animals back in the day. We used to get ready to fight or flight. And in that process, we get adrenaline through our bodies, which then tenses our muscles, getting us ready to kind of run away or stay still. And what happens in labor is if we're having you know, threat in our minds. Oh my God, I'm going to tear. Or, you know, you're on the way to the hospital and suddenly you're in, in a car instead of in your home and you start to feel fearful, that adrenaline then goes through your body. And obviously the uterus is now a big muscle. And when you're feeling that fear, then your uterus will start to be tense. And that then makes it more painful because obviously when a muscle is tense and you're trying to use it, that then creates further pain. So this cycle starts with a fear, either in your mind or in real life, that then creates tension in your body. And then the next step creates the pain. And that pain then validates your fear and the cycle continues. So actually just eliminating fears around childbirth before you give birth is really useful because obviously you can have the most beautiful room with your candles, your low lighting and your music. But if you still carry the, those deep fears in your mind, such as tearing—that was one of my huge fears. I couldn't imagine how Juniper was going to come out of me, even till the last moment. I just didn't trust it, it was going to happen. Like, how is the big baby coming out of my small vagina? I just couldn't.
1: So small, you are so
0: small. I just couldn't imagine. Do you know what I mean? And especially as my yeah. bump got bigger and bigger, it was like becoming more and more of a anxiety because obviously you're like how the hell is this huge thing anyway so so yeah that that's the cycle really so getting rid of those fears before which i know you are doing is is really useful to help you then get in a relaxed state to be able to give birth you know uninhibited and fear-free
1: mm-hmm. would you say that before you okay so juniper was what a week um over due date
0: yeah exactly on 41 weeks.
1: Yeah so so you were i mean you were you you were, you were ready for her for a while already yeah. um how much fear do you would you say realistically um you had you know i mean i know you prepared quite well but would you say that you were like completely like fearless when you went into labor that you'd done all the preparations and that you were only excited or was there still a bit of trepidation within you about the actual labor process?
0: So funnily enough, my stepmom, who you know, Christine, gave me a call during the time we were basically waiting for Juniper to come. So that week I was overdue, which is definitely not overdue. It's the guideline. But um my stepmom phoned me and she said, Are you scared? And I said, yeah. No. And that is the honest truth. I had no fear inside me. And I promise you, that was down yeah. to the mental prep. You asked Tom, I prepared for this birth like I was preparing for a marathon. Every day I was in the bath, listening to the affirmations, focusing in with my whole mind. And just those things that I'd learned, you know, like the fact that we're the only mammals that question our ability to give birth things like a pain that comes from within me can never be stronger than me. All of these things clicked for me and I just truly believed and trusted that my body was capable of it. But I also thought, okay, if things don't go to plan, if I end up going for an emergency C-section, then it will be okay. As long as baby comes safely, it will be okay. If I, go, if I have the most excruciating pain in the world, it will be okay baby's going to come you know it's all going to be fine in the end and just that belief that I took into birth enabled me to to not have any fears and I I genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart I was I was fear-free in the moment where I was giving birth and laboring.
1: Well that is really a place that I would love to be in mentally. Mm. Um, I feel I don't feel overwhelmed with fear but Mm. it is the uncertainty of options available as well as what's going on in the hospital i think that's playing a little bit of a of a role in my head um but you know also we must just let go and you can't do anything about having a baby in a pandemic and mm. you need to just trust that doctors are going to provide you with the best advice and the best medical care on the day um, mm. as what well they can mm. and yeah i I mean these have been really good tips um i'm going to try and eliminate and eradicate as much fear every evening as much as possible maybe just have a bath and also listen to some affirmations to just remind myself that i am capable of this and that we are meant to do this as human beings we are meant it's one of the most natural things that
0: we can do absolutely absolutely and Rhett, how is he feeling your husband Rhett, how's he feeling about the birth
1: he is really excited um of course he is to, he doesn't have really, to do the labor yeah, exactly What? Well, what? Well, well, i kept i said to him another day i said if you were the one that was giving birth i i mean i would be just over the moon i'd be so excited i'd be like a cheerleader on the yeah. sideline um <laughs> he he's really excited to have to have his baby in his arms he is not one that handles seeing other people in pain. He is very right. much a um, he. He can't handle seeing people in any kind of trauma or pain. So I know that it's going to be really difficult for him to see me if I get to that excruciating pain. And to ju- when knowing I'm just like, oh, you know, I, I can't do this. It's gonna be really difficult for him to say yes, you can. Because I think what he would just like to say is, let's please, let's go in for a Caesar. I don't want to see you in any more pain. <laughs> let's just get it done with, you know.
0: Gosh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think Tom, well, he was falling asleep. <laughs> when he was timing the contractions, he was falling asleep. Um <laughs> So quite the opposite to Rhett. I don't think you cared too much. Uh, no, he did. He did. When I when I was losing it a bit and finding it really difficult, he did. But
1: I think I would have thrown a pillow at his face if he was falling asleep <laughs> contractions. Well, no,
0: when I first started feeling contractions, he was like, Should I just go downstairs and sleep so that I can be more energetic for when you go <laughs> to give birth? I was like, You are joking me. Did you not pay attention in any of these classes? <laughs> So mm. men have just,
1: uh, they, they'll never be able to understand. They're not women. Ah. They'll never be able to understand.
0: Gosh. Um, one other thing I did actually want to ask you is, have you heard of the term a cascade of interventions?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Okay. So I wanted to share this with you because for me, it was very useful to know during pregnancy, I learned this. Um, And I'll give you an example. So when it was Juniper's due date, we went into the hospital and the midwife said to me, look, I know how frustrating it can be when you get to your due date and baby's not here. I know how frustrating that can be. And to be honest, it was frustrating because I believed, even though I knew that it was a guideline, the dates, I still believed Juniper was going to arrive on the 3rd of June. In fact, I video recorded myself in the morning saying, baby's going to come today. I can't wait to meet you, Juniper. And I've sent like a basically a pretend video to her. That's how much I believed that she was going to come. So when I went into the hospital um, in the afternoon, the midwife said, "I, I know, I know how frustrating it can be. And I said, yeah, yeah, to be honest, I am feeling very frustrated. And it was almost like Tom was sort of waiting as well. So I felt like people were waiting for me. And, you know, the messages were flooding in. Have you popped yet? Is it time yet? So, of course, I was feeling that pressure to give birth, basically. And um, she said, look, we're just going to do a very, very quick sweep to hurry baby along. Just give baby a little nudge. You know, it, it won't take long. And she starts putting on her gloves at this point and going towards the bed. And I said, hold on a minute, you mean a membrane sweep? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a kind of natural way, you know, just hurry baby along and give it a bit of a push. So I said, that's a form of induction. So you, you want to induce me? And she said, no, it's totally up to you. But, you know, if you wanted baby to come sooner, we could just do this. It doesn't take too long. And I said, no, actually, if there's no medical reason for you to induce me, then I do not want to be induced. And the reason why I said that is because of this cascade of interventions. And basically I'll give you an example of how this could have played out had I had said yes. So for example, I didn't understand, if I didn't know this term and I didn't know what it meant, I could have said yes. She would have given me a membrane sweep, which then would have made labor come forward a week. Now I know my due date was supposed to be on 41 weeks. So it would have been a week early. My contractions would have been more intense because it wouldn't have been spontaneous labor. So therefore, I would have been under more pressure, you know, they would have been more intense, and I maybe would have needed help. So then I would have gone oh, into hospital... I did
1: not know that. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I would have gone into hospital, I then wouldn't have been able to cope because they would have been coming too, too quickly and too intensely. Therefore, I potentially would have had pethidine or an epidural, that could have then slowed down my labor because that can happen, you know, then baby's heart rate, heart rate could have dropped next minute, you know, I'm in for an emergency C-section. So that is an example how, this cascade of interventions can play out. Now, these interventions alone are fine, but the way, as you can see, what I've just, the example I've given you, also bringing Juniper's due date a week forward, you know, she gained weight during that time. When she was born, she was so alert, like her time was 41 weeks, not 40 weeks. So had I just gone in blind and said yes, because she's a midwife and she knows what she's doing, then my birth could have looked completely different and I'm so thankful for knowledge and I was able to assert myself and and she got quite a shock when I said no because plenty of women, as you can imagine, you just say yes to medical professionals because you assume they know more, which they do in most cases. But with birth, we, we really do know more about our bodies.
1: That is absolutely fascinating. I had never ever thought about, so what we are, we call it like a stretch and sweep
0: um I
1: never really even considered that to be an induction to be honest there you go
0: that's how she pitched it
1: to me I would have if my gynecologist had said even from my scan next week you know we could do a stretch I would have thought okay I never thought about it as like medical intervention um so I'm so happy that I'm so happy that you said that because it it, that completely makes sense just avoid as much um, medical intervention as possible and Definitely. just be patient. Your baby will know when his or her right time to come into the world is.
0: That's it. Patience, and it can be so hard when it's that waiting period, and all you want is baby to come. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about? It's been so nice catching up. I've missed you. It's
1: been so nice. I can't. It's. it's I really wish, that you know, we could meet each other's babies. Um, hopefully, sometime this year
0: hopefully once all this craziness is over
1: yeah yeah um but yeah thank you so much for the for the tips um yeah it's okay. really good to just chat and to yeah hear from such a passionate mommy to mommy and um you've certainly given as much information about the birth of juniper as what you possibly could um mm-hmm. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just good to hear from from other women. Um, but yeah, I I think you I have to also eliminate my fear
0: mm-hmm. of
1: having a cesarean because mm-hmm. that's an option. And at the end of the day, if if that's how baby's meant to come, it'll come. But I, I must mm-hmm. just do the preparation from my side as much as possible. And try and eliminate the fear, as you said. Like try and eliminate as much fear as possible uh, to give yourself the best chance of a, you know, uh, of of, as natural of a birth and as much of my birth, my original birth plan, as what I wanted. And if it goes that way, great. And if it doesn't, then uh, you know you can't sit around crying about it. You've got you've got a new baby to welcome into the world to look after.
0: And even just doing that mental prep, okay, if it happens, you know, I'm a, I'll be okay, rather than I just don't want it to happen. And then it happens. And then you have trauma and regret and upset. Whereas if you make the decision ahead of time that actually I'm open to everything, then, you know, your recovery, your mental recovery will be stronger because you were informed and you, you know, made decisions for yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so perhaps we should do another podcast um in a couple of weeks and then find out how my birth
0: went yes oh my gosh definitely hi guys if you're still here that is amazing i'm just adding this announcement onto the end to let you guys know that my online hypnobirthing course Birthbox is now live. Go and check it out. I've put so much love into this. It's an immersive course that's split up into video and audio content, so really giving you a flexible learning experience. And the content is designed to help you feel better prepared, more informed, and confident and excited for birth. So if you want to feel like that, then go and check it out. I've put everything into this. Lots of love, lots of passion. And I really hope that you feel that as you work your way through the course. So uh, go and check it out in the link below and have a lovely day. It was so lovely to catch up with Dana. She's a really close friend of mine. We went to school together, so you can only imagine we go way back. Guys, if you'd like to drop her a message, then feel free to DM me on Instagram, pop that Mama. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye.